1: Welcome into to the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from Studio A in our West Loop offices here in downtown Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew, that is Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinnie Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at ecknerwall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Hello. And you can follow uh, us at on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Uh, Vinny, last night on Twitter, uh, released, I guess he was sent, and then he disseminated uh, the renderings well of put. the 78 uh, district and the new stadium that is being put out. Uh, so we'll be discussing that for the large part of today's show. And, of course... Mainly, we'll be discussing the non-roster invites for spring training. Uh, so a lot of White Sox news today. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. Uh, make sure you are uh, helping support us. We just did have uh, Corey Crawford on the CHGO Blackhawks show. Uh, they just had a CHGO Bulls reaction show to the lack of a trade deadline. And there's going to be a pregame and postgame. So we have you, the Chicago sports fan, covered here at CHGO Sports, whether you're a Sox fan, a Blackhawks fan, a Bulls fan, a Bears fan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Or all of the above. Or all of the above? We also uh,
0: just dro- dropped our tavern
1: style episode today with uh, Luke Stuckmeyer from CHO Cubs and then Big Dave from CHO Bowls. Who and Luke Stuckmeyer was complaining about Jerry Reinsdorf. So there you go. I mean, if you are interested in hearing Luke's take on that, uh, go check that out. Uh, but if you are looking to become a diehard as well, that is uh, to elevate your fandom, uh, to get locked in with us here at CHGO, uh, like Kevin and Saran did, our new diehards, uh, head over to allchgo.com, lever up your fandom, you get a CHGO shirt of your choice when you sign up you get access to our chgo discord where you get to chat with us uh, all throughout the day and week uh, and you also get access to special Articles on uh, allchgo.com.
2: Working on some stuff for uh, spring
1: training Ooh. starting next week. Look at many, uh, and uh, I know Will Gottlieb's hard uh, hard at work in the uh, conference room right now. He just released uh, midseason grades as well uh, for our diehard So make sure you are checking out that program at allchgo.com. So we left here at five o'clock, went home, enjoyed our dinners, um, and on my drive home. Uh, Tamar Bradley of uh, WGN uh, released the renderings. He was the first one to release the renderings of the 78. It seems to be a a big old packet of all the beautiful ideas that they have uh, between related Midwest and the Chicago White Sox. Where are we right now? Because Sarah, our producer, who has been with us for most of this offseason, did before the show think that it was a done deal so uh where are we at with this whole situation this isn't an actual current project there's been no one signing on any
2: dotted lines no as far as i know it's it's just conversation and we've uh we've We've obviously been talking about it for several weeks now, but really, it's been the Sun-Times reporting that conversations are being had between the White Sox and the owners of this property, as well as the city of Chicago, to kind of make something like this come to life. Uh, Whether that actually happens or not, uh, you know, is... is remains to be seen, uh, but certainly we're down the road now in talking about it a little bit further than we have been on some other things. I mean, compare it to the You know, pretty much nothing that was that the idea of, oh, Nashville, Nashville kind Mm -hmm. of thing. This is obviously a lot more detailed than that in terms of what's being reported and what's being discussed between the parties. That being said, no, there has not been any sort of deal or announcement of any kind. I was actually talking to you, Sean. The White Sox sent these drawings to me and the rest of the media last night. That's the first we've heard from the team about this. Yes, the Sun-Times, I believe, had a statement from uh, the White Sox and Brandon Johnson, uh, the mayor talking about the idea of keeping the White Sox in the city for the long term. But in terms of the White Sox making announcements to the media, this was the first bit of it. And it was renderings uh, of of what this ballpark could look like, which, of course, we're going to go into. But um, so where are we on this? I still think this is just... Ideas and conversations and everything. And listen, it might be more realistic than just what if, but it is not anything that has been announced right now. I keep comparing it to what the Bears have been been doing out in Arlington Heights. The Bears bought that land, knocked down the racetrack, and they still do not have a stadium going into that land in Arlington Heights. So um, there are a lot of things that need to get done before these renderings turn into something you can actually go see over there in the south loop uh
0: and we don't know when or if those steps are going to be completed just for my thing it's like if the white Sox are participating and sending out stuff to the media uh white Sox media it's going to be really hard to come back and say, ah, yeah, we didn't get a deal done and we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, you're just back to Guaranteed Rayfield. I love Guaranteed Rayfield. It's a decent ballpark. But when you show us these renderings, you show us how beautiful that ballpark looks and right on uh, the Chicago River on the South Branch, like – You give people uh, hope and dreams for a better tomorrow, and it's so beautiful to see those renderings and to think about being there at that ballpark because I see so many other ballparks in that renderings ballpark. It's like you got Petco. You got the Gallagher Way of Petco. You have the right field of Coors Field, the left field of PNC Park. And then the outside looks like Oracle. So it's like, man, if you get this all together, you can have one of the greatest baseball stadiums in the United States. And then if you take it away, it'll be so tough. So I think it's just too good of a thing. And you don't have these renderings. I know they might be AI renderings. And so not really done by a a hand human who's doing a hand drawing. But you don't go down this far just to bring it back and say, yeah, that was just a pipe dream. We're going to bring it back. And uh, sorry, guys. Guaranteed rate forever. I showed you guys. We had a remote
1: show, I think, like two or three weeks ago. And I showed you all the old renderings of all the proposals of stadiums. There's been a lot of proposals for stadiums and only a couple that have been built. So I don't know if this is even too far but yet the internet, at this point.
0: Huh? Those renderings weren't of the Internet. We have the Internet now. Like, no one really saw those renderings back in the day. So now that people have seen the renderings, that means it's real? No, it just means that you don't give somebody something and then take it back from them. You don't get this far down the road... With the, the internet and all, how the White Sox Twitter has exploded about it, and then say, "Oh, yeah, that's good." But again, like we don't know how this would be paid. No one has signed. No. Like, you,
1: I, how can you take it back if it's not even a thing? It's right now. It's not a plan. It's not. But they're
0: it, they're talking. They're participating with the media. They're I mean, obviously good with the message, and they're sending out good rendings that we're going to be showing a little later on to the media and to us in the, as the uh, fans. I think they're way down the road, more than we're, we're letting on. They had 250 million reasons to go down the road with Manny Machado,
1: and they didn't continue going down that one. I mean, I, I don't know. You mentioned that guaranteed rate field is fine. It's 30 years old. Fine. You walk around that park, there's nothing that seems to be truly decaying about that park there might be some parts that are, are worrisome As but someone
2: who is the same age as guaranteed rate field thank you for not saying that something that is 34 years old is decaying yeah, well, <laughs>
1: i mean again they're trying to build a new one they're not trying to build a new vinnie duber um but like yeah i don't i don't i don't see the true points in a new stadium outside of it does seem like Jerry Reinsdorf is angling to sell the team within the next five to seven years. And I think that a new stadium would be something that is uh, a selling point to someone who is stepping into Chicago for the first time as an owner,
2: I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you would why you would want a new stadium. I think obviously the main one is it's a money maker, right? I mean, Herb, listen to Herb talk about it, and Herb salivate over the idea of a new stadium. He wants to go spend money and sit in those seats in that stadium. And there's a lot of White Sox fans out there that would feel the same way. You build a new stadium to get butts in the seats to make to make money to get ticket price uh, to get ticket revenue. But on top of it too. The White Sox don't currently own their stadium if they owned this stadium they could do more things to make more money they could have the control that's certainly what we keep hearing about with the Bears why why they want to move from Soldier Field because they don't own Soldier Field they would be able to do things in that in their new stadium under their control and under their watch Um, we don't know really whether the White Sox would be buying the land or just building a new stadium on the land with the with this developer but if they do buy the land and control all the things that go in there they get revenue from bars and restaurants and whatever other Their buildings would go in there. So there's a lot of reasons to want to build this land from a money-making standpoint. Um, but that being said, again, this is very much planning an idea, and uh they call it blue sky, you know. Uh okay, throw every idea up there and let's see what's feasible. Plans change, and you see you see renderings for all sorts of stuff that get, you know, proposed and built in all different walks of life. Uh, and those things can become a reality but maybe not in the form that you see in the drawing right and so you, you, there might be a new stadium down in the south loop in 10 years and you go up and you hold up the drawing uh, and, and you look at it and you're like huh that looks a lot different so it's not just necessarily this all or nothing like oh they're they're releasing these renderings is it going to happen or is it not and that's it it's what form does it happen in how much of what's on the page becomes feasible becomes uh, you know cost effective and becomes something uh, that they can add actually put into reality, and that we certainly don't know at the moment.
1: Why don't we take a break, and then we'll look at the renderings and talk about maybe what will truly be uh, the look of this stadium, what will stay, what won't stay, what is feasible, what's not feasible. We'll let you know about our friends over at PrizePix and our guy Charlie the Bacon Guy. Uh, PrizePix is probably the best way for you to enjoy the big game this Sunday. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easy and most exciting way to play DFS, and it's just you against the numbers. Instead of batting uh, thousands of players, uh, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player pre- uh, stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You got some NBA games tonight. You got some college basketball games tonight. If you want to try it out before Sunday's big game, uh, but Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this basketball season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on the projected. Sl- sl- Stats and place your entry. I'm very much uh, fiending and waiting uh, for Prize Picks to spo- uh, post a line on Isaiah Hartenstein's points plus rebounds plus assists. We'll wait uh, to, to make sure that's a part of my parlay. Uh, but Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than sixty seconds. So go to Prize chgo and use code CHGO for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's Prize slash chgo and use code CHGO HGO for a first deposit match up to $100 Uh, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you very much to Prize picks.
0: Charlie, the bacon guy is based out of Woodridge, Illinois, and he makes craft bacon and craft bacon jam for over 30 with over 30 different flavors. The bacon and the bacon jams are all naturally cured, fancy preservative free products. There aren't any ingredients that Charlie can't pronounce himself involved in the process. Unlike most of store-bought bacon, It's vacuum sealed and freezes great. Lasts in the package up to 45 days in the fridge and six months in the freezer. The bacon jam lasts about 60 days in the fridge. And Charlie says about 20 seconds when he gets home or up to six months in the freezer. Some of the favorites are maple bacon, cheddar, Korean barbecue, beer cured, red wine, jardinera. This one got my mouth watered already. French toast, bacon. Can you imagine that? French toast in a bacon. Apple would smoke, which I would go with. That's the regular bacon I would usually eat. And the bacon jam flavors are original, bourbon, spicy, and peach. The bacon jam goes perfectly on anything. Scrambled eggs, toast, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese, cinnamon rolls, or Charlie's favorite, the spoon. You can pick up, which is the most efficient way, or he will deliver it to you, or meet you halfway, or even ship it. He makes the bacon so he can bring it to you so you can bring it home. Head on over to charliethebaconguy.com to place your order. You can contact him either at charliethebaconguy at Instagram or CZ the bacon Guy on Twitter. Thanks, Herb. Uh,
1: we got a super chat from uh, Dougie uh, huh. s- saying, uh, tailgate area or we riot. Uh, I did notice that a lot of people's complaints so far have been about parking. Um... The, what a surprise <laughs> we'll get into that in a second um because i feel like people are just missing out on some of the things that are currently there uh with these renderings so uh first off let's look at what would happen with uh 35th and shields because uh when we go back to the comment that brandon johnson made my conversation with jerry was very positive positive. one of the things i did appreciate in our conversation is that what they're considering is the way new stadiums should and could look they have the community uh benefit in mind uh we have not gotten into the intricacies and details just yet there'll be time for that but these conversations uh that were uh these were conversations that weren't happening before i just hope that this is yet another display of my leadership um so
0: okay himself on the back yeah
1: (laughs) all right brandon breaking his arm um (laughs) 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 but again like i mean that was about two weeks ago I don't think that they've gotten that much further into the intricacies and details. We still don't know who's funding this project. Um, but let's go to 35th and Shields first, because uh, related Midwest not only released renderings for the new 78, but for what would happen with 35th and Shields. So this is Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, you can obviously see 35th uh, Street right there uh, to the left of the ballpark, uh, separating uh, what it would now be a soccer pitch, uh, presumably for. The Chicago fire and then income housing, I guess, or it said affordable, affordable housing. housing.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and I put those in quotes and still, you got the, all that parking there. Yeah. Why yeah, are, you are still, all still parking lots <laughs> <huts> still there? <laughs> Wait, Who's you, coming to park there? Just a little bit, I Sarah. guess all those buildings, people could just park in the endless parking spaces at Whatever guarantee. It's just like
2: for their it. apartments? Yeah. Wait, so are, is there parking? Yeah, <laughs> are, that is, all, that the, is, all the black is, is currently parking. existing but, parking
1: lot. So, like, what is uh, east of Armour Square, like, towards 9094?
2: 90, that's just parking? Yeah. That's a parking lot currently. Yeah, that is? That's,
0: that's, yeah. I think that's A, lot A. Yeah. That's the Ugh. back of the lot only, A. The nice.
2: only new yeah. stuff is what. Appears to be drawn. The rest of it is right. a just a Google Maps image or a satellite image. Yeah, You're and, right. and yeah. It, it keeps
1: obviously the, the main parking lot right there uh, next to the park. Um, but that's also hey. the one thing that doesn't make sense about the current stadium. And I know a lot of people from the suburbs love the parking. There's 78 acres of parking. There's too much damn parking. Yes. Um, so let's go to uh, some of the views uh, from the 78. There wasn't this this one specific view, and we'll, you, this is fine to leave up on the, the screen, Sarah, uh, but there is an overhead shot of this where you can see home plate facing out, and then behind the stadium, there are, like, several buildings. That is where the parking will be. Um, there are streets that lead, like, like when you look at this from an overview side, um, behind the third baseline, um like be f- in front of the Chicago River, there is a street. Okay. So that street would then lead to parking. Um, And I believe that Crane's Business reported that right now there's plans for a 4,000 car
2: garage. That street does not currently exist. That is it not plans. currently a road. No. That's I think it is train actually. Trade tracks. There's no, 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 no. I think that, that there is one road, road you there. can drive on. No, but it's like an yeah. auxiliary road. Okay. But my point is it's not a street on with an address or anything like that no, no that
1: is true uh there is no address there um but it does seem like there there will be parking uh but let's just talk about the actual park right now so let's go back to the home plate view if you can sarah um what do you make of the skyline view all right um another one uh the home plate one i'm sorry sarah uh what do you make of the no the sorry it What do you make of the home plate There we go. uh, What do you think of the buildings in the background? Did they encapture what you wanted the outfield to look like? It's nice.
0: It's really nice. I mean, if you're going to have the... Big ass scoreboard right there, blocking some of the the view to the uh, buildings. I'm guessing you know you know picky, but it looks really nice. As I said, the right field reminds me of course it's uh, the party deck up top, and it looks like it extends out to center into the what would be uh, both the Cubs call it Gallagher Way, and I think the the Padres call it Gallagher Square. Kind of that atrium slash pavilion outside the ballpark where you can watch the game even though you're not inside the game but I think those people would also have to have tickets to be in that area but it looks like a modern stadium and look at the showpiece you get the Sears Tower in the background for those people who want the Chicago skyline back there but then all those new buildings and those buildings in this rendering are going to be new buildings because there's none around that area that are that close to the stadium so that would be really good look for the White Sox and a show place for baseball right in the heart of downtown Chicago and the South Loop. It's they say they have the red line is not that far away, which it isn't. It's on Roosevelt. Um, I think in Roosevelt and I forgot the Michigan. cross street. Yeah. Oh, well, state. state yeah, Roosevelt, Roosevelt state. and state. So it's not too far of a walk. They got the water taxis apparently going down the Chicago River. So I think if they can get something like that in that area, it's a home run for everybody, and I hate to do the uh, baseball puns, but <laughs> depending on who's paying for it, I'm all in. If it's the no new taxes thing, that's a tricky word they, they use to to fool us to thinking, hey, man, we don't have to pay for it. No, that just means you're just continuing taxes that you're already paying. So that's going to be a, a, a thing for me, and I think also a thing for J.B. Pritzker who says he doesn't want people – taxpayers be paying for billionaire stadiums. So I hope that they can get this stadium done. And as Vinny said, the Sox maybe want to have ownership of that stadium so they can make passive revenue off of that stadium when they're not playing concerts and such. Yeah. I mean, that view is uh, lovely.
2: I'm interested to see if it would actually look like that. Uh, you know, I mean, we've talked so many times about the distance between downtown and not only Thirty Fifth and Shields, but certainly this property as well. When we first started talking about it, if you're standing at that spot, is the Sears Tower really that close? I don't know, <laughs> but uh, and bigger. the thing the thing that I think is that you know I always think about uh, Pittsburgh. You, you can see the uh, the bridge mm-hmm. beyond the stadium. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, you can see the arch behind the stadium. There's no point, in my opinion, of having a skyline view if it's just a bunch of apartment buildings nobody knows about, right? Right. I mean, and so, again, looks nice, sure, but like, uh, you know, and maybe this is my ignorance about um, that city, but Minnesota has a downtown ballpark where you can see buildings behind the ballpark, but I don't know what any of those buildings are, so I don't care that they're there. Is that going to be the same case here? Am I just going to be looking at some rich person's you know, condo in the South Loop, that is not an iconic view, so to speak. Um, And so maybe that element of it does not end up being as um, grandiose as some people might have envisioned. But I don't know. I haven't been down there and stood at where home plate might be. I don't know if that's what the Sears Tower looks like from that
0: angle or not. And the thing is, while that view will be great and that ballpark looks awesome, it doesn't matter. You could see in Pittsburgh, it does not matter if the team is trash. That is a probably one of my favorite ballparks. Every time I go to it, it's bone dry empty because the team sucks. And if that team is the same team that's currently playing, no one's going to be going to that stadium like they are like you think they are. The the renderings got them at 35,000 initially maybe, but after a couple of years like, "Eh, we're good." This is this was a thing. And now the team sucks. I don't need to be here.
1: Well, and that's the issue is the team isn't going to get any better with a new stadium. Um, This is possibly five years away. This is obviously an investment for Jerry Reinstorf and the group that owns the Chicago White Sox. Um, But this isn't going to just immediately increase attendance. Right. It might have a little bit of a bump for the first couple of years that it's open if it does, but unless the team is actually good, that's the only way you're going to truly draw people into the stadium.
0: Yeah, I think Um, guaranteed rate in its 30-plus years has only gone over American League average attendance rates like seven times. The first three years it was built, the years after the 2005 World Series are like six, seven, and eight, and then maybe the season uh, that we just had in 22. But it's been very bleak. Um, White Sox fans do not attend a game if your team is bad and they got to have a, you know, show me first type of thing. Cause in 2005, they didn't even go over American league average. It had to happen the year after. Right. So this is the thing you build that stadium. Excellent. Awesome. Put a premium product out there. That's why we we're talking yesterday about going to get a premium free agent. And I know it's far fetched. If you got a stadium like that, you got to have a player like that to go with it. Remember Luis Roberts contract only four more years. This is at least five years away. So you sign a big time project like uh, Juan Soto, you can go into that stadium. People's like, I gotta go and see Juan Soto and that stadium. It'd be fun. Uh, I would. I again, I'm, I'm all for Juan Soto being in a White Sox uniform. I'll
1: go out on that ledge, uh, Sarah. If you can go back to that one photo of uh, the skyline in the background, um, it, there is just something about these renderings that isn't able to suck me in. I'm not really able to generate this excitement. I'm glad people are excitement excited. I'm not trying to take down anyone's excitement. I'm just trying to give my my feelings. Um, and you bring up, Vinny, just like, if it's not done right, if the skyline view isn't done right, and it is just people's apartment buildings <laughs> and maybe like a Chase building or something like that, it's really going to fall flat. Like, this needs to be the Chicago skyline featured, Well, right? as
2: best they can do they yes. can't move the land you no, know what I know I, mean? I yeah, know. Right.
1: But like but like I guess my my thing is like if you really can't deliver
2: on it if you can't get the true skyline view why do it well because it could be a nice area with a nice new ballpark I think the I think we've talked about how uh, the neighborhood around it might would would that being changed and being different would be something positive about that the location next to the river the location next to the transportation there are a lot of positive things about that location outside of just the view that you could potentially have um so i i I don't think that it's like like i said i don't think it's this all or nothing thing um i don't think there's a way where like here is the obvious way to point it and here is the obvious way that if they didn't point it it would be a total screw up like no it's gonna be fine regardless of what direction it's facing um these south what's that
0: unless it's south
2: can't they not face it south Remember our little chart that
1: we looked at? No, they can't face it west. They can't face it west. They can't face it west, so they can't do, as Jared says, you can't face it west. You can't have those uh, Chicago River home run shots.
0: Right. Right. So
1: beautiful. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: But I mean, I'm just saying, I I think that that part, I think that that part piece of land and that neighborhood could be a huge positive, regardless of what the view ends up being. But isn't that. I don't know. I mean, I, everybody I, right now talks about, oh my God, they screwed it up so bad because it doesn't face the skyline. You can't see the skyline from Bridgeport, or you can't. You're not going to have a home run view of a skyline from Bridgeport unless you're sitting in the upper deck. No offense, Vinny, this <laughs> scale model shows you that clearly.
1: The uh, uh, Sears Tower. Yeah, is I love going. Right I love going
2: down to Bridgeport and being center. able to visit both the Sears Tower and the John Hancock Building on the exact same block, They're right, right next, next to, to each, each other. other. Yes,
0: yeah. right and next next the to Smith Smurfit S- S- Building right next to it also. And the red one.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> the red one. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I, I think that is the whole point, to move it. Like, you, you have to have that marquee reason to put a stadium there. What is the selling point of the 78? And I guess that it's a, a whole new neighborhood, and I guess that maybe is your angle, is you can really build up that neighborhood. You can make it more of an expansive fan experience. But the one thing that will be truly recognizable in Petco it's recognizable you have that massive ass building out in uh, left field Fenway you have the massive ass left field that just sucks you into that baseball stadium course field you have all of that just expansive outfield uh, where it just feels like you know you can hit a ball 500 feet and it'll just keep going I don't really think that there's anything that really sucks you into this baseball Design this park design. It does seem very cookie-cuttery. It does seem like AI renderings. It does seem like they are truly just piecing together other things from ballparks and just making a cluster of a rendering. It doesn't feel like, hey, this is our true vision for this brand new stadium. It seems like, hey, we have an idea that we want to create a new neighborhood, Um, but the actual stadium part of it doesn't really feel
2: that fleshed out the 78 part feels fleshed out well the stadium. I, I think to to maybe you know not to speak for you but i i think to a lesser degree it's the thing that i always say about it being goofy or wacky mm-hmm. you want some uniqueness you want something mm-hmm. that you look at and you say wow i haven't seen that before and i'm just i'm not i'm not even talking about architecture or anything like that i'm talking about just something that says That's that's cool. That's a that is something that would make that ballpark a destination that I can't get going to the other twenty nine in baseball. And listen, I'm all for that, whether that's with the White Sox or any other baseball stadium across the country, any other pro sports stadium at all across the country. Do something that makes people want to go to it, that makes it different, Um, you know, so you can say. I went to the stadium with the big green wall in left field. I went to the stadium where they've got, uh, you know, plants growing on the outfield wall. You know, that kind of thing is definitely uh, uh, something that if you're starting from scratch, I mean, it's not just you have to build a baseball stadium that looks like all the other baseball stadiums. You literally that's literally an empty patch of land over there. Build, build whatever your right. imagination can dream up. Right? Where's the moat, <laughs> and where the, is the moat? And the thing is,
0: the the most uh, you, iconic uh, stadiums in baseball are Fenway Park and Wrigley Field. The reason why they are iconic is because they were built in such small areas, and so they had to get creative with their design. And so this looks like a small area, also. So yes, yeah, as Vinny says. Don't just be average. As I said, there's elements of cores PNC, Oracle in this stadium, and it's just a rendering, but make it your own. Make it like a big-ass wall. Like I said, bring the train in there that's going two miles an hour. How about, how about no wall? No wall in where? No, I'm just saying, like— just They just keep on running? <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: no, no, not an outfield wall. No, oh. I mean, like, like. why does the back of the stadium need to have all these signs and walls up? Why can't it just look like you're just going out into the park or going out further down the street? You know what I mean? Like, that's a unique thing. I remember when we said, here, you talk about renderings that never yeah. came true. There were renderings of an A's ballpark a few years back proposed in Oakland, where it literally was sitting in the middle of a public park, and, and the grass continued up the side of the stadium, and you could walk from the grass that was in the middle of the parkland up the side and, like, look down into oh, the, the stadium where ball. the ball ball, ball ball game was being played. I mean, these are... These are the weird things that I want to see uh, that, that are parts of ballparks. You don't have to just make the nicest looking version of what already exists. Go ahead and create something that, that hasn't been done before.
1: Yeah, I'd be all for that. And two, uh, like uh, a Red Sox machine and uh, Jim Margulis wrote about you know, the renderings. And you look at, Sarah, if you want to flash the home plate picture again where you can see out to the skyline, um, even the iconic pinwheels feel like a little bit of an afterthought. They don't really feel like they're worked in. It just feels like they kind of like took them off the current scoreboard and placed them out in center field. They're also not even centered. Like, like, I I just, I I don't really feel the the care for the design of this stadium. So it doesn't
0: really get me excited. Exploding scoreboard, not just the pinwheels. It's supposed to be the exploding scoreboard. So keep it where it's supposed to be. Just put a, a smaller, uh, scoreboard in center field right there that looks literally like what they do at petco in the middle of their field so i don't understand why they're just copying it it looks beautiful i i like the skyline in the background i don't know if the sears tower is there but i did take a picture from ping tom when i was there last year and you could see the buildings from ping tom so this is a little further up north so they would be in the background but not like pnc where they're in the background and they're part of the design or like uh if you've ever been to Comerica, that's the same thing. There's buildings in the background, and you can see them as part of the design. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of people
1: watching right now. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Uh, we're going to take a break in a second. Um, I did just find the renderings that you were talking of that Ace uh, stadium, so I'll, I'll send them to Sarah. So, Sarah, if you want to uh, check Slack, I'll, I have one more graphic for you. Okay. Uh, we do want to let you know about. <laughs> Those are right on the water, too, if memory serves. Yeah, they're right, like right on the water. Yeah. Um, very Steal them. It looks bizarre. Just make but, that stadium. Hey, we need um, It's weird
2: ball. and it's real it's real small too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, the one that they did for LA is very our uh, Las Vegas is very weird because it's basically like Uh, If you took the White Sox design, but instead of the Sears Tower being the main skyline part, it's just the MGM Grand. Yeah, right. Um, So it's like, all right.
2: (laughs) Which is also not nearly as tall. Right. Not even (laughs)
1: pretty. All right. I want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. If you are looking to bet on the big game uh, this upcoming Sunday, there is no better place than uh, for you to put your money down over at Circa Sportsbook. Circa has tight money line splits that makes it attractive for you the better games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa sports menu unlike other sports books which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split circuit keeps as little money as possible on large market bets like futures and golf tournaments especially compared to other books which allow them to offer these prices they have high limit uh high app limits and transparency as well so You won't be limited based on your winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. They encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting available so you can compare the lines from each sports book and you can check and make sure that you are getting the best price possible for the wager that you want to make. And you will see that if, you know, not... Most of the time, if not all the time, uh, the world's largest sports book. Circus Sportsbook has you covered with the best price to lay. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circussportscom Illinois app at circussportscom Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates. If you or some you know, you know may have a problem with gambling, call one hundred gambler one 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB to eight three three two three four or visit AreYouReallyWinning.com. All right, uh, let's uh real quick we'll wrap up this oakland talk i'll get this graphic sent over to sarah um i guess the one question that we haven't talked about is the funding and then we'll get into uh non-roster invites um i know it's always a fun topic to talk about government spending um (laughs) and sarah if you want to be a a gem uh can you search connor's uh comments about uh, public funding uh because he shared some good information on uh teams that have recently built parks uh, and how much percent of that has been public money. Uh, so G- Globe Life Field, uh, there was $500 million of public money. 41% of that stadium was built with public money. Uh, then you look at Truist Park uh, public money, they received uh, $300 million. That was 42% of the cost. Loan Depot Park in Miami received $479 million of public money. That was 76% of the cost. And then Target Field received 355 Uh, million dollars. That's 64% uh, 64 of the uh, cost right there. So uh, what do we make of how this is going to get built? Because obviously Herb, you know, we've heard a lot about Jerry Reinsdorf and his lack of prowess to spend on players. What would really make him spend on a stadium or will this be publicly funded?
0: I mean, I mean, I think him and uh, the Warts family bought that United Center they use their money to buy that stadium together, and he can see the benefits of that and how they can uh, get the revenue from that building. The Illinois what sports authority owns Guaranteed Rate Field, so that's why I think you don't see a lot of concerts there. You don't see a lot of extra stuff done there to give that passive income. You got to be penny, You got to stop being pennywise and pound foolish. If you are Jerry Reinsdorf, you are going. You are here for what twenty more years if you are lucky. You can't take that money with you. What your legacy can be, part of your legacy can be, is spending some of that money, a majority of that money on building this stadium. As we as the taxpayers don't mind helping you out a little bit, a skosh, maybe a, like a, a one or two percent. But with the infrastructure so we can use that three sixty five. I can't go into this the 78 on a random Tuesday, even though I paid for that stadium. I can't do that at Guaranteed Rate Field, even though the state owns that ballpark. The thing is, you build your stadium, you could do whatever the hell you want with the stadium. Concerts, you can have all the parking you want, or none of the parking you want. You could charge it however much you want, and it all goes back to you, and hopefully back into the team. So... I am not a proponent of having us as taxpayers paying for the stadium. If they want to do that, do the California system where you put it to a vote. And if us as Chicagoans and Cook County residents want to do that, I'll be all for it. That's 100% I'll be all for it if they do a vote and it's 50 to 49, or 50.1 to 49.9. I'm like, all right, I don't like it, but you guys, as the taxpayers said they're going to vote for it, I'm in. But by that time, I'll be out of cutting, but whatever. But you need to have us who are footing the bill have a chance to have our say. And even though they say no new taxes, we all know there'll be cost overruns and there'll be taxes put on put on upon us. And even the Bears are now trying to stay in town in town, too. So we know they're going to be asking for our money, too. So if we're doing it either or I'd rather pay for the Bears stadium than this one.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, you, you, you talk about the statement from the mayor, you know, saying that the the details and all that will be ironed out later. That's Those are some pretty big details. And, uh, you know, as we even are seeing still with an A's team that is out the door to Las Vegas, yes. pretty much, we still see, you know, government officials getting, getting uh, yep. you know, weighing in and talking about the viability of this and talking about where the money's coming from. Um, so it, it is a very different time to now than it was 30 some years ago when when the last stadium was funded by the state Um, I I don't know what the appetite is for our current elected officials or for the people who do the voting Uh, I don't know what the appetite is for that kind of thing right now and I don't know if it compares to the last time a stadium was built in this city using public money um, let alone elsewhere in the country using public money it just seems like things kind of keep moving away from that idea and yet we still get Brand new, gleaming baseball and football stadiums built every time. every year. So yeah, and Who hey, knows? We, get,
1: we seemingly get uh, endless amount of renderings. Uh, well, and,
2: and I mean, and, and that's the thing that jumps out to me is like you 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 bring up the idea if you just bring up the idea. Say you're talking to your buddies at a bar. Hey, would you be cool if you if they raised your taxes to pay for a new Bear Stadium, new Sox Stadium? Everybody would be like, No, no. Why in the world would I do that? And then guess what? stadium gets built. You know what I mean? Like right. so the 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 idea if the idea is that people don't have the appetite for it, why don't these stadiums stop getting built? Why are teams not staying in their 30-year-old stadiums? Why does it keep happening? It seems that it seems like Regardless of what the appetite is, it comes down to the, to, the, to the elected officials to determine whether or not this is actually going to end up happening.
1: And it's funny that you bring up the, the Oakland ballpark. Uh, we have the picture that you were talking about that uh, Ryan thought you were such a joke. Uh, no walls. What, what is this guy talking about? Look how cool that is. This, this is what they designed. <laughs> right? Vinny is just stating a fact.
2: Um, I like it. But, yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's,
1: I mean, it's interesting. That's um, awesome. It's, it's unique. It feels like it's built into
2: a hill. There's trees on top of the the stadium. I like that thing right there in right field. So if you've been to Oakland. That is in Oakland. Oh, it's it's
0: shipping yard or, oh, okay. or industry I thought of some it was like kind. A, you could jump off there and go into the bay. No, no, it's not a <laughs> diving board. It's uh, not. Do not try that at home if you oh. live in Oakland.
2: But that I've I've driven by on the express that's the expressway right there, and you can see it from the expressway. Those are it's like I said, it's some sort of industry or shipping yard or something like that. And that is the land on which they were proposing to build the stadium. And the stadium was going to turn into, as you see, very much a, a ballpark, putting the park in ballpark. And I think that is a great idea. If you can incorporate grass and public land and nature and build all that stuff into the ballpark, that that looks so neat. That and it, looks so
1: neat. It's funny too that you bring up you know elected officials. Uh, you, we talk about Oakland and Oakland pitching this, um, and they haven't th- their renderings. But then it seems like they're going to be going to Vegas. Uh, Vegas's mayor Carolyn Goodland recently <laughs> mm-hmm. said that uh, the team's stadium plan for Vegas does not make sense, uh, and that she personally thinks the A's have got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dreams come true. Uh, and that's from Front Office Sports. And then so, she
2: had to backtrack on that. Of course, she, she put she? out a statement. Yeah, she, she put out on a statement. Flopping, flip flopping on that right away.
0: Yeah, she spoke too candidly, and they're like, "Hey, this is re- way down the road. It's they're coming." So, <laughs> so yes, yeah. and they and it's public. A lot of public money being spent. They already spent public money on the Raiders Stadium. They're going to spend public money on this A Stadium, broke as hell.
2: Yeah. State, a lot of state money, I believe, is uh, is going into that ballpark in uh, v- Vegas. So the, the Nevada, I believe, legislature has done a lot to approved funding for that as opposed to city funding. Uh, but I don't know all the details.
1: Interesting. All right. And then, uh, Sarah, would you mind scrolling up? Because I think Ryan uh, Cuppy Coffee mentioned something about St. Louis's uh, ballpark. Private funding can happen uh, if you have the right real estate development around it. Bush Stadium in St. Louis was privately financed, but that worked because of the surrounding development. That's the one thing that does interest me is the one part that you know does seem to be churning and burning is related Midwest. Man, they seem to be really excited about the ballpark that's going to be built at uh, the 78 uh, complex. Obviously, they own this land. And if you look at the other properties that they owned or are currently owned, this is really the largest uh, by far that they own. Um, So it would make sense that maybe if this, Company was trying to put themselves out there, trying to make a, a name. They own the land. Maybe there is some sort of discount or deal or something worked out where you know the White Sox are going to be providing business uh, people coming to that 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 land. Like I do wonder if this is uh, related Midwest's you know ability to be like, all right, well, hey, we'll we'll fund X amount of this because we really want this certain property to be on this. You know in the 78.
2: And I believe one of the Sun Times reports that I read said that a lot of folks are still um, committed to that University of Illinois Research Center being there, which had been announced for that area. Mm-hmm. I think there is perhaps some plan being made where you would fit both a stadium and that research facility on there as part of that big campus or property or whatever you want to call it. True. Um. I, I. And So you might be, I'm saying you might be onto something there that it's not. I, I think when we first heard about it, it was, oh, the White Sox are going to buy this big piece of land and put a baseball stadium on it. And it turned, and the more we hear about it, it seems that it could be more of a partnership, more of a, um, more of a, the White Sox are a part of a bigger project.
1: Well, and Herb, you brought up the United Center. Yep. They're a part of the United Center the Illinois, what state funding agency. I forget the Illinois ISFA? sports facility
2: Thank authority,
1: you. uh, the <laughs> Illinois, you sports got one of facility four, <laughs> authority. uh, you know, they, they, they obviously own guaranteed rate field. I do wonder if Jerry sees that as a positive where again, like we have somebody footing X amount of the bill. And that, again, I, I still think that this is all leading towards him selling. Um, I, I think that again, that probably makes it easier to say, Hey, you don't have this part to, to worry about. Um, it doesn't seem like it's, it does seem too early. And I guess that's that's the final thing. And we'll go into the the roster invites, or the non-roster invites. It does seem a little bit too early because this was a stadium guaranteed rate field that was just built and opened in 1991. Um, it is only 2024. Uh, maybe the biggest pitch is just 100-year anniversary of the All-Star game and related Midwest owning 50% of the land.
0: I, I don't know either. But, yeah, the remember, they renovated Guaranteed Rate Field not too long ago, in the early 2000s, right. too. So this, the current iteration of the stadium is less than 25 years old. So it's, like, very, very early to change from a stadium, which is fine, to a stadium that is in an area that I think most Southsiders would be alienated from. Like, the South Loop is not Southside. Side. You know what I mean? And so I don't know if people are going to be like, God, ah, I like the stadium, but that's that's downtown. That's that's not us. That's more Cubs stuff. We're Chicago. We're Bridgeport. We've been here for hundreds of years. The Cubs are downtown? You know what they're going to say. You know Southsiders. You're you're a Southsider yourself. I don't care about the, you know, what,
1: mile and a half between Guaranteed Ray Field and, and no? the 78. Isn't uh, it still
2: below... Madison? All you got to do is be below Madison. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: I don't, I don't If you care, care. Somebody in the South Loop's like, man, I'm a South Sider. You're like, man, you are not a South Sider. You're a South Loop but that's, person. No, but that's different. Like, and they couldn't be called the South The White Siders Sox are there. a baseball team that takes up a giant
1: uh, vast of land. If you're a South Sider, like, I mean, you can get real niche the Chicago neighborhoods. Herb. herb.
2: If you're complaining about the White Sox leave leaving the South Side because they're going to the South Loop, every alternative is worse. It is. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Oh no, no. You'd no. rather have
2: them in Naperville? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> just saying, like, I know
0: White Sox fans and I know they're gonna be bitching about the parking and like, ugh, now I gotta go to the Yuppieville up there, up in the South Loop. Get out of here. Hard hat White Sox fa- fans not gonna be happy with this uh new stadium initially. But then they're going to win. So White Sox fans not happy about
2: something? Yeah. That's yeah. the first That's the first I'm hearing of that.
0: Hmm. Uh, anyways, uh,
1: yeah, I, I know a lot of people are talking about, I think uh, Josh Nelson was talking about, uh, the influx of uh, people using the red line. Uh, that Roosevelt stop, I think, gets over like 1.5 million people per month. That's a lot. Uh, and the Rose, a lot uh, over there, yep. Sox 35th one gets uh, 600,000. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of people uh, are going to be over by that Roosevelt thing. Oh, there's two more lines, gonna, too. There's going to have yeah. to be a
0: lot of construction for those roads around there. Well, and, and too, like, it.
1: there's a wee, it's a long, winding way to get from that Roosevelt stop to the 78. Because it's up. Right. right. Yeah. So you have yeah. to, like, I don't know if they're going to build under and build, like, a tunnel. It's probably a good 15-minute walk. Yeah. Uh, A lot of good union jobs are going to be created by this. So, hey, hopefully you don't. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's move into spring training. Uh, We're getting closer and closer to 2024 spring training uh, and Vinny being a part of that same media list that got the renderings of the 78 also got the non roster invites for 2024 camp.
2: Yeah, if you were waiting to see which uh, guys who aren't currently part of the 40-man roster are going to be going to Major League camp, 25 of them, uh, about half of them are minor league free agents. The other half are just... Minor leaguers who aren't on the forty-man roster. Uh, in terms of the minor league free agents, you got pitchers Justin Anderson, Joe Barlow, Jake Cousins, Chad Cool, and Jake Woodford. Uh, catcher Chucky Robinson, infielder guys, he's back. Danny Mendick, uh, and then uh, a quartet of outfielders. Certainly, we talked a lot yesterday about Kevin Pilar, but is additionally Rafael Ortega, Mark Payton, another former. White Sock and Brett Phillips. Um, and then those minor leaguers who will be going to big league camp, Jonathan Cannon, Jordan Leisure, Nick Nestrini, Edgar Navarro, Nick Padilla, and Lane Ramsey, who, was just, who just cleared waivers today, uh, as well as Kai Bush and Frazier Ellard. Those are your pitchers. Catchers Adam Hackenberg, Carlos Perez, and Edgar Caro going to big league camp, as well as Tim Elko, Zach Remillard, and Colson Montgomery.
1: Mm. Welcome back, Danny Mendick. Uh, that yeah. one, I think, is uh, probably most exciting. Uh, Danny obviously left the White Sox in uh, horrific fashion as uh, Adam Purple-Hazley uh, tore his ACL on our CHGO takeover. That's the day I got sunburned. Oh, yeah. There you go, the yeah. day you got sunburned yeah. and the day that Danny
2: really Mendick bad sunburn. tore his ACL. Really, there's, really, you wonder who was injured worse that day, me or Danny Mendick. <laughs> I think it's you. I, have you been able to recover? Well, I did, but yeah. But that was also like... Less than a month before my wedding, so I was still mm-hmm. a little, still a little red for the wedding. How was the physical therapy for your your sunburn? <laughs> um, Mendick uh, was
1: doing very well before he got oh, taken out. Uh, one twenty two OPS plus seven eighty six OPS in one hundred and six plate appearances. But obviously, his twenty twenty two was ended shortly. He did play with the Mets in twenty twenty three. I think he had a pitching appearance. Uh, didn't do great. A forty OPS plus a five oh nine OPS. But hey.
2: He's a non-roster invite. It's many, just interesting to see him back. How many big league games did he get in for the for the Mets last year? 33. Okay, so not many. No, I don't know um, how many he But hey, we were talking yesterday about who could be that fourth infielder. I mean... Guys, depending on what happens, I think Danny Mendic has just as much of a case to make for being the extra infielder as Lenin Sosa does, as Jose Rodriguez does, right? I mean, it's a guy with major league experience and probably that grindy type that the White Sox are looking for a right pop now.
0: Top two in his bat. So, yeah, I would, I mean, seeing how it plays out and see how Mendick plays. If it's the Mendick that left the White Sox in 22, I'll take that guy over uh, Lene Sosa or any of those guys.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think Danny Mendick would take that too. If he could put up another season of a 122 OPS plus, he'd be thrilled. Um, he's a very interesting guy. He's played uh, five years and his best year was a 122 OPS plus. His second best year was a 107 OPS plus. Then it was an 81 OPS plus. Then it was a 63 OPS plus, And then it was a 40 OPS plus. So he is going to be an even number hopefully it's you know a three digit even number uh you know 122 sounds nice 140 sounds nice but it it does seem like it's either going to be a 20 ops plus or like a 140 a 160 ops plus from danny mendick it really does seem like he has to hit all of those certain uh levels there so uh, welcome back danny mendick uh any other guys that you are excited to see on this list any names that
2: interest you I mean keep a, keep a look keep an eye, keep an eye on all the pitchers because I think we really have no idea what that bullpen's going to look like past two guys maybe so I think anybody that is on the 40-man roster anybody who isn't on the 40-man roster and was just in the list of names that I read I would say they all have an equal chance of making this team should they impress the way they would need to in spring training um uh, I don't think that you know a guy like Sammy Peralta or a guy like uh, even a, even an experienced guy like Jimmy Lambert necessarily have this giant leg up over Chad Cool, right I mean Lane Ramsey gets DFA'd you know, uh, today, or however recently, with the most recent uh, addition of the roster, he clears waivers today. What's to say they can't just put him right back in the bullpen if he beats out some of the guys who might still have a 40 man roster spot? So I really think that bullpen is just entirely up for grabs, the spots in that bullpen. Um, and so any of those pitchers, I think, could have a shot at making it.
0: I'm looking forward to Tim Elko. I know he's not going to make the team more than likely unless somebody gets hurt, but. He's been mashing down there in the minor leagues. He's a little advanced in age because he went to college, and but I think you know if uh, the White Sox ever you know move on from Aloy Jimenez, this could be the DH slash first baseman of the future. Yeah, it'd be. Int- I I mean Tim Elko is a, a fan favorite, so I know people will be pumped if
1: he you know. Starts uh, off spring training hitting three hundred with, you know, five homers. Uh, people they've, will be like, you know, opening day starting first baseman. They've,
2: they've got all those old Miss guys in the system now too. So
1: right, I mean, they're big SEC fans. I mean, you know, you got Ben Tendy, you got uh, Fletcher,
0: right? Yeah. A, yeah, there you yeah. go. Fletcher's a hog. All right, I don't want to name any. <laughs> <laughs> is, I know that you It's true. It sounded weird. <laughs> you, back. Apparently, a uh, Arkansas outfielders, you can't be taller. Than, what five six? Goodness gracious! Maybe ben, he's not that short. Sorry, five mm-hmm. eight. Yeah, you I can't mean, be. You can't be taller than that. And they're just diminutive left-handers. <laughs> uh,
1: it'll be interesting to see uh, Jonathan Cannon and Nick Nistrini, uh it, it, out of that list, just because they do have starting pitching potential. So we'll see if they're able to go three, four innings and. and you know, be dominant. You know who can make that bullpen? Jordan Leisure. Oh, absolutely. That was the next guy I was going to talk about. Jordan Leisure. uh, Absolutely disgusting with his fastball. His slider is one of the best in minor league baseball. And another guy. One guy, I mean, you you brought up Chad Cool, but, you know. I don't think Justin Anderson's going to make it. Justin Anderson hasn't pitched for a major league baseball team since 2019. He was horrendous last year, was in the Royal system and had like a 70 RA. Uh, Joe Barlow, Jake Cousins, Jake Woodford, eh, eh, all kind of the same guy. Uh, Chad Cool's is interesting just because he throws a slider about 50% of the time. If he can really like ratchet up his mile per hour on that, if he can throw his slider over 87, 88 miles per hour, that's when he really sees effectiveness. So like maybe Chad Cool going from a starter to a reliever could be interesting. But the one guy, the one guy that might make this roster or might make this bullpen out of this roster is Frazier Ellard. I know that you were like, who the hell is Frazier Ellard when you first read this?
2: I will admit I have not heard of Frazier Ellard.
1: I'm sorry. I have to admit that I didn't hear of Frazier Ellard before (laughs) this as well. Um, Herb, were you a big Frazier Ellard guy? No. Okay. All right. Uh, Frazier Ellard is a lefty um, and Frazier Ellard, Sits about 95, 96 at this four-seam fastball uh, and has a disgusting slider. So he is just a lefty relief pitcher that does seem like to have elite stuff Um, if Johan isn't going to make the team and they end up sending him back to Boston maybe that is a guy that fills in for uh, for that lefty spot that they're looking for especially with Garrett Crochet not likely being a part of this bullpen
2: and guys breaking White Sox news right here a name has been added to that non-roster invite list that would be 40 year old reliever Jesse Chavez veteran of 16 (laughs) major league seasons and guys last year with the Braves good 36 games, a 156
0: ERA. Jesse Chavez.
2: That's kind of sick. Uh, former Cub, former Ranger, in Brave. Former a lot of things.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's fun. Um, he was recently on, I think it was Sirius um, or something. It was, uh, yeah, Sirius XM with MLB uh, Network. Um, he says it's likely going to be his last season as a player before going into coaching, which I think is... Interesting just because we've seen the White Sox love all those guys that have been former players. I mean, hey, maybe you sign Jesse Chavez and he starts coaching guys now and he gets so familiar that Jesse Chavez is a part of the
0: team in 2025 as a coach. So uh, I'm, I'm all for Jeffy, Jesse Chavez. Why not? And Connor is stealing my thing. I was going to say that, but, you know, he got to come into the Frazier theme. Maybe hey, I hear the blues of calling. Yeah. Tough salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> all right. Good night, Seattle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's a weirdo.
1: Kelsey Grammer, straight up weirdo. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for the uh, I mean, CHG. Would you be
0: podcast. if you played the same character for like 21 years? I guess so. Um, I don't know.
1: I watched uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and his wife was on season one, uh, Camille, and. You see Kelsey for about like three episodes and then he goes to New York. He's like, oh, I'm going to New York. I'm going to be in a play for about a year. And then he never returns to Beverly Hills again. He gets a divorce from Camille Grammer. He immediately leaves this woman for some like, you know, 20 year old. It's just like yeah, horrendous. Anyways, that's Vinnie Duber. You can follow him at Vinnie Dubers or CHGO White Sox beat writer. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. You Who follow knew had at- so much
0: knowledge of Kelsey Grammer.
1: Had a lot of knowledge of stupid things. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at actorall23. 23s our CHGO White Sox community leader and I'm Sean Anderson you should follow me at uh, or you can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson you can follow the show at CHU underscore white sox thank you to Sarah for producing the show and thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat and uh, giving us all your thoughts from Jared Edward Connor Justin White Sox Tom etc make sure you hit that thumbs up button and you're subscribing to our YouTube channel we'll be back here tomorrow at 4 p.m on Friday given
0: all like the mayor